What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. All right, everybody. Welcome to the American Toffee Podcast. We're very excited to announce a very special guest from Merseyside, Liverpool. We've got Jezza Dickens on the show. Hello, How are you doing, Jezza? Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, really yeah, we're glad. really excited to have you. Yeah. Um, so right now you're overtraining in Miami. Uh, so I guess we could just sort of jump into it. What was the original? What was what brought you over here in the first place? Yeah, well, it was just a funny story because me, me, me dad and his friends was coming to Orlando, and um, his friend jumped off the holiday. So I jumped on the holiday. I took his flight, and he ended up coming to Miami to do a little bit of training getting to know the guys at 50 boxing and and then the ball just started rolling from there. They asked me would I like to fight and I said yeah and I've come back out here and just following God's will and now it looks like I'm going to get a big fight out here so things have happened really fast but that's that's why it's just a bit of, bit of a mad situation. I'm just wing, I'm winging life. That's yeah, awesome. That, I wish yeah, I could do the nice. same. I really <laughs> do. Yeah. So, uh, so how long have you been here? When did you first come over? been here now for three weeks i came here i was home for um two weeks before that that's when i came here on the holiday and then one year ago exactly i came here to do a little bit of boxing training and i went down to 50 gym then and that's where i met me boxing coach luis perez and and then i've known him since kept in touch and now i'm here yeah that's amazing uh so what is i guess we, I don't think either Alex or myself know too much about boxing. I mean, I've probably watched maybe 20 or 30 fights in my life. But um, as far as training, what what's the biggest... Is Are there any major differences between what you get in the U.S. versus in, in England? Yeah, I think the, the, culture's a, the culture's a lot different. In England, it's a lot more physical. I find myself, as a little kid, I used to say isolated, and I used to want to say the best and the hardest, and... And then when I surrounded myself with other fighters, I realized I was saying a lot harder because my um, perception of how fighters should train was a lot harder than it actually is. So it's it's a lot more physical, I would say, in England. But here in America, is a lot more technical. So that's why I'm here, because the technical side of it is a lot more advanced. But I would say back in England, the physical side of it is a lot more advanced than, than America. That's really interesting. Uh, and I guess... funny. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. That's that's funny because football can be kind of kind of the reverse, right? Like in America, a lot of coaches and youth systems value physical presence. And that's why, you know, maybe through the youth, the United States national team does pretty well. And then you step up into the senior levels and they don't go very far or, or it's very hard for players to, to move to England or to Europe in general because of the fact that it's it's... They're not even close to technically gifted enough. Yeah, well, possibly the same situation, and you can also you can't speak for everybody in the same in the same way. But um, I think there's a lot of chemistry involved in in the, um, the styles of the of the play and the styles of the fight too. So maybe um, it depends on the individual as well, doesn't it? And the individual team sort of thing. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So outside of boxing, what are the biggest differences you've noticed like culturally or socially like since you've been here 
Well, here on Miami Beach, it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? It's just a proper whirlwind. Um, there's everybody from every single different walk of life here. It's just, it's it's nice and it's mad. It's just a different culture. It's a bit of a culture shock to me. I, I live at home with my three kids and my girl and, and we keep ourselves to ourselves. But out here, out here everybody's, um, it's, I don't know, it's just crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy, yeah. yeah. I can't, I've got no words to describe the place. I mean, Miami is yeah. Better, right? Miami's definitely definitely weather wise better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. I've done a jog before. I only jog four miles in England. I probably wouldn't get a sweat on, but I lost four pounds in the four miles. <laughs> <laughs> so that definitely, definitely, it's good for the weather and making weight for a fighter. But I would say, once again, in England, we get to train physically harder because it takes us a lot more effort to put that work in and to get that sweat on, and then and then the same starts then sort of thing. So maybe that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. How are you? Uh, I know you're probably on a pretty strict diet, but uh, how do you find the food? Yeah, well, the food's the same chicken and eggs anywhere you go in the world, yeah. are the same, aren't they? So true. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you what the sauce is like because I've got none. <laughs> I can tell you what the spinach is like. Yeah. Spinach here is the same as the spinach back home, so yeah. I, I haven't got a chance to um, find out yet. Right, you need to be ready for that big fight, but, hopefully. But one right? thing that you have got here is these little golden nuggets of joy. They're called peanut butter, peanut butter pretzels filled with... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Pretzel nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happiness in a packet. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's funny, yeah. Uh, it's the things you take for granted, right? Definitely. Yeah. You guys are big on peanut butter too, aren't you? I've noticed a lot more than back home. Yeah, yeah peanut, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, peanut butter is is big here. I, personally, I find it a little overrated. I mean, it's certainly good for protein and and that type of thing, but it just makes my mouth so dry and like, <laughs> I just, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not. I I mean, I like it. I'll, I'll eat a you know, I'll eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich any day, but uh, it's I I think we go maybe a little overboard with it over here. Yeah. That's funny though that that's. I like I like it to the point where I can't even separate my tongue from the root of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like I'm the, the same uh, way. You like the chunky or the uh, the creamy yeah, the stuff. Chunky, the, yeah, the chunky. Yeah, the chunky stuff. There you go. We, we have something. We have something similar. Um, you either love it or hate it. Back home, marmite. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposed to be like uh that's like a very polarizing type of uh food, right? Like some people like it, some people despise yeah. it. Definitely, definitely. Some people won't even won't even like the smell of it, but then there's other people who love it. I've loads of it. It's dead salty, and I, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I rather have the peanut butter. It's sweet. Yeah, peanut butter is definitely. I I don't think I've ever tried Marmite, but it's just one of those things. Like you have this awareness of it because it's just yeah. like a hot button topic to talk about. Yeah. You better buy as much as you can and bring a bag of yeah, yeah. Those, uh, peanut butter pretzels. <laughs> Home. Yeah, salted nuggets. I wonder how many bags of them I can get on a plane. Yeah, you take all your clothes out and then you just uh, fill your, fill your I, I bags would, with I, that. I wonder if I could sell a tape, loads of bags together and make a coat out of them and then wear that on a plane. Oh. That'd be good. You you might get some looks, you know, coming in with this with a scouse accent wearing a, a coat of peanut butter pretzels. But you know, I mean, I guess I, I guess any attention is good attention, right? When you're trying to, to get some buzz for a fight, one hundred percent. <laughs> so uh i did want to ask just like because 
it was really we really appreciate you when you reached out to us and asked to come on it's it's awesome to have like a connection uh across the pond to liverpool um and so i went and did a bit of research on you and looked in like your fight history and all that type of stuff and i stumbled across across the video of your fight with guillermo uh for obviously the the super world bantamweight title um and so that fight obviously ended unfortunately for you with the broken jaw i'm just curious what have you learned since then that you feel has made you a better fighter and ready to take the next step well that was me that was my biggest test but it was also that it's me biggest lesson i think i started learning a lot more from then um i think um i, I went from a boy into a man in that fight six months out of a broken jaw as well you have to take a lot of time to think and contemplate how am i going to recover from this am i going to come back better because if it don't there's no point coming back at all so i think um, i went from a boy to a man after after that loss and they say sometimes you win sometimes you learn and that's how i see the situation yeah my old uh my old football coach used to say uh it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it or something you know something to that effect yeah, exactly yeah, it's a fantastic out- outlook on it, but I guess that's why your your record probably shows it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why you're looking for the big fight. Yeah, uh, hopefully he fights out here as well now, and um, he fights in the same city where I am now, in Miami. So Right, yeah, I saw I'd that. I'd love to get that fight on again one day for the world title. Get the rematch, yeah. That'd that would be, be awesome. Um. So yeah, I guess to talk about, <clears throat> have you met any a lot of like Premier League fans or any Premier League fans since you've been here? Anyone who watches soccer, football? Not really, no. Um, when we talk about football, I always get my wires crossed because it always ends up in a, into an argument, doesn't it? No, this is football. No, our football, football. <laughs> so that's that's where it, where it normally ends. Yeah, but I did meet meet this one guy in the gym. His name is actually Guy, and he supports Liverpool. So we got we oh. you know lads, it's. Um, he won't. He won't be happy getting a shout out here, but um, yeah, guys, uh, he's one. He's one of them. Well, that's why his name's guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. right? Generic. Generic. It's, it's it's funny because I have never met another like Everton fan in person in the U.S. Because obviously, being not in that top six, top four, whatever you want to call yeah. it, those are the teams that get. Those teams are big, like, you know, those teams come across for preseason and sell out 100,000 person stadiums for a preseason friendly. And then, you know, you don't meet fans of your Cardiffs, your, you know, Watfords, those types of clubs, because they just don't have that type of presence. Yeah, I've I've spoke to people back home and they've said things like, um, this was a great club before we were successful. And that is the situation, isn't it? The more the more you do well, the more people get on board. But I think that um, Everton's in a bit of a good position right now because I think we've got potential to go far, but we've also got our grassroots supporters only at the minute. Not only as, as there's a, it's a worldwide club, but you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and well, I think... I, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I think, I think supporters um, do a good job of kind of spreading like the mindset and the the culture of the club right like you know how james and i can kind of can kind of uh reciprocate it all the way over here never been to liverpool or england in general hopefully soon yeah yeah Yeah. um last time i went to match with my son um (laughs) the culture of the club um 
we 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 couldn't tell this man to stop swearing because this is the culture of the club. So we had to, he's, <laughs> he's only nine at the time, so we had to just count how many times he was going to swear and make a game out of it. And it turns out he count, yeah, he swore eighty six times. So that's wow. a, that's a big part <laughs> of the culture. That's close to one per minute. That's pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah. That's solid. <laughs> You know what? The, at half time, they have they have what at the ground they call the, an Everton pie, a Scouts pie, and and it's well it's well known. Yeah. The girls don't always have heard about it here, but um, he was even spitting meat and potato everywhere halfway through the, <laughs> you know, uh, at the start of the second half. He was swear he was swearing meat and potato all over the place. I feel bad for anyone standing. <laughs> So how how is Goodison Park specifically when when a goal is scored? Uh, it's it's electric. It's it's great. It's it's like it's it's like it's like a electricity going through you. That's how it feels. That that, that is how it feels. And I was fortunate. I was fortunate mm. to be there with my son. My son's experienced that too. With the smile on his face and just unbelievable experience. And I've I've also been very very fortunate. When I won the British title to go on the field at half time and uh, walk to the centre of the pitch and uh, receive a, a great reception. I've always I've, I've always um, been fond of of the club since I've been a little kid. And when we was in school, we got to the Merseyside Cup final and we won it. Actually, we played on a, on a quarter of Goodison Field too then. So I've had good experiences on 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 that field. But when you're in the state in the stands, it's just a, it's just a different different feeling altogether you know there's a penalty you're waiting for a penalty it's, it's electric and when it goes in it's just it's, it's unbelievable the love and the, the, everyone loves each other and have you noticed have you noticed um, you get people who, who aren't religious but we need a goal and you start playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's funny. funny yeah yeah I mean that's like my number one <clears throat> That's my next like big vacation is like I need to get across the pond to to Goodison, especially you know with the recent news coming out that that they're the club's moving forward with a new stadium, um, which will be I think very very important for you know the long term strategy of the club as they try to gl- grow into that type of global brand in the way that you know Liverpool and those other clubs definitely one hundred percent. The, the location too is right on the waterfront. I've been run, jogging along along the same place for years and years, and to see that to see that at the grounds that is going to be put there, it will be unbelievable. It'll be it'll be massive for the city and and for the, also the um, the economy coming into the city. It will yeah. it will be will be huge, huge because it's right it's where the economy already is now for the tourists. It's not far from there. It's it's like five five minutes away from where I live, where I grew up. Uh, but it's it's not mm-hmm. bad. Tourists will walk there from the the, the city centre. It, it will be big for the economy of Liverpool. That's great to hear. Unfortunately, yeah. we're only going to have a couple years max before we're going to have to scrounge up the money to make the trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Two to three well, years, maybe. It's looking like longer now. I mean. The process of developing, building that type of stadium right on the water is is definitely extensive, um, but you know they can take their time, and, and it's important I think that they do it right. There's a plaque right. there now. <laughs> There's a plaque there saying this is where this is where the ground's gonna be. So we're happy with that for now. Yeah, that'll oh, do. Cool. Just hold hold the hold the hold the land down. 
All right. So I guess, uh, so we've got a, obviously a huge match coming up on Sunday uh, versus Manchester United. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you want to touch on a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of a preview. Right. So we're away at Manchester United, Old Trafford. And so I, I did a little bit of research, right? So the last, the last match Everton won against Manchester United was April of 2015, which is pretty far ago. So eight fixtures specifically. Um, the seven since that win has, com- has been composed of two draws and five losses, right? Which is not good at all. Um, I actually would have expected to maybe have slightly better results in, in, that, in that span, especially since, you know, I think that was still slightly during Martinez's time and then Ronald Koeman. So I think, I think both draws came under Ronald Koeman. I remember that season. I think um, I want to say that was the same season Tom Davies came on and uh, absolutely battered Manchester city, right? With that one yeah, move yeah. between, uh, between Yaya Torre and, and I can't remember the other player and a little heel over the keeper. Yeah. 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 But um, so they've played two matches already this week. Or well, I guess this last week, right? On Saturday, they drew two-two with Chelsea. They gave away three points um, to none other than Ross Barkley in like the ninety-sixth minute. Yeah, he scored the equalizer for Chelsea. And then they played Tuesday at home against Juventus and lost one to zero. Now the interesting thing is the fact that they started the same eleven in both matches, and so. When you're looking at that on paper, they're about to play three matches in eight days. And it looks like they've got a couple injuries. I'm assuming Sanchez is injured because he didn't make the bench. Um, on top of that, Lukaku is on an eight-match scoring drought for Man U. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely good, right? But at the same time, like, you know, it's very Everton to... It would be very Everton to concede, you know, have Lukaku score a hat and go down, you know. That'd be that'd be very uh, on brand for for our club. But, right, and then, and then he can and then he can shush the crowd again. Yeah, we don't so need to see that. Like last season, Ugh. I I I I never felt like the the fans really got on with him. I guess I guess you can speak better than that than we can, but it just never felt. I like so much broken hearted when he done that. Only shush the crowd. I so much absolutely broken hearted. Uh, but yeah, I think before he went, we knew we we, we did suspect coming up to the end of his contract that he was going to be going, you know. We did expect that. And then, like, we just, we covered it over. It's like we're getting Rooney, but, you know, it, it went the Rooney that we sold, sold was it? So, um, no, you know, yeah, we should have broken out when he's done that. So, <laughs> I'm actually quite, yeah. quite happy that yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't scored three games. Yeah. Um, Let's hope we make it nine then. Right, yeah. It's funny though cuz you watch Lukaku and like he'll frustrate the hell out of you because his touch, you know, his first touch is generally really poor. He's got like bricks for feet, but then he'll go on and just bully people in the box and and go on an amazing run. He's so strong and such a presence up front. He can really create problems, but I mean, our back line has looked very solid over the last few weeks. We've got Michael Keane who's on a resurgent season after last year looking very strong and then we've got Kurt Zuma as well. Both big, both strong, and both will, you know, hopefully be up to the challenge yeah. on Sunday. 
Yeah, on top of that, I mean, we've won three and three. So with Manchester United's current form, which has been slightly better recently, it was terrible beginning of the season. Um, Might I remind everyone, Everton sit in eighth place, Manchester United sit in 10th. So technically we're looking down, um, down the table. Goals, goals against and goals for as well in our favor. I think we think we're doing a little bit better than them going into this game. Correct. Oh, yeah, and they've. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think the team's very high on confidence right now, and I think Manchester United probably are a bit low on confidence. They had they struggled, you know, struggled out of the gate. There were talks about Jose Mourinho being sacked. Uh, there was actually an official report that he would be sacked and then they went on to win the next day and that sort of was put to bed. Um, I don't think they're really in a position where they can be firing their manager because I don't, I just don't know who else they would bring in at this point. Uh, That's better than Jose Mourinho that has the pedigree that he has. So I think they're going to have to work to kind of dig themselves out of this hole. And the quality that they have in their squad is undeniable. Um, There may be some, you know, balance. I know Jose wanted center backs in the summer didn't get them the board turned him down but they've got quality paul pogba obviously one of the best midfielders in the world lukaku but we arguably. have ghana right <laughs> yeah we've got ghana he's brilliant <laughs> um and i don't know i mean the way we've looked it's it's hard not to feel confident but at the same time it's going away to old trafford which just historically has been very unforgiving for us so uh i don't know what to expect i really think if our front line plays well and we get at them and, and you know, get them on the counterattack, there's a lot of opportunity. I think we're being very positive here, aren't we, as well? Um, optimistic, as, as Everton are optimistic. But um, our Manchester United team, maybe going into this previous game, we haven't we haven't lost to us in so many years. Maybe it's like uh, this year, we'll beat these, we'll get a bit of confidence back, who knows? So we start to see how it goes on the day. Right. As we always know, you know, and anything can happen. The Everton have been playing with a lot more swagger recently. The, the The players look like they're enjoying playing, right? Remember, remember a season or two ago when when it looked like nobody wanted the ball. Do you remember that? <laughs> it, it, like, like you. It doesn't matter who it was. They'd receive the ball and they'd look for the closest blue shirt. And they'd pass it off like hot potato. Like this is not mine. You and so, you know, it, it's it's exciting to see. We've already seen at a, you know away matches this season, specifically right Arsenal, because Arsenal, arguably, if we took our chances, we would have won that match. The yeah. second goal, you know, two nil, but the second goal was miles offside by Aubameyang. Awful. Um, which is funny because I'm pretty sure he scored offside against us last year too. Not that, you know, those results were salvageable or arguable, but, um, you know, so knowing that we can take it to Manchester United is really exciting, you know, and, and that we are going to do that because Marco Silva says, you know, that that's, he plays a certain way and that's how he intends to play. He's not going to, he's not going to park the bus. He's not going to resort to long balls you know, you're going to play the ball on the ground. You're going to you're going to push it out wide to our fullbacks and to our wingers, and we're going to hopefully yeah, take our chances. I think, I think we play a lot better anyway when we are aggressive. Definitely, one hundred percent. And the vibe in the ground when you when um, I think that everybody gets behind the team in the grounds, and when they are aggressive, 
it's it's a good feeling, it's a good vibe. And also when when Everton are doing well, you know about it, even if you're not watching the football because the old city's going on about it, you know. It's like it's like we win a game and then um because everybody's so so mixed, a, a red can live in out of the blue in the same family can have a blue nose and a red nose. So like so like whatever right. they're doing they're doing well, we just come out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> and then we always end up resorting to um, at least you've never won the league. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah Flippy the vibe, G. The vibe in Liverpool is, is yeah. right now that we are doing well. That's awesome. That's yeah, it, seem, it seems like, you know, it's funny because it's we're on a, you know, three wins on, on the run now and the team looks good, but we've got some really tough fixtures coming up. Uh, away fixtures specifically. And so I think it's important that everyone sort of, you know, prepares to bunker down, hunker down. And, and we might not win, you know, the next three or four away fixtures. I'm certainly hopeful and, and very confident that we'll at least give it a go and go at these teams. But if the results don't come, it's still very early and it is a tough run. Um, and I think just the way the way that everything sort of changed overall under Silva and Marcel Brands being in charge has really just sort of brought new life into Everton after the just miserable, miserable awfulness that was Ronald Koeman into Sam Allardyce. Uh, and you can just tell like Everton Evertonians know what they want. They want to see teams that are aggressive, that look like they want to, you know, play fluid, the school of science type, type football, that type of thing. Um, and I think, you know, you give the fans what they want. And last weekend, you know, it was pretty, you know, uneventful for the most part. There was obviously the massive save from Pickford, uh, saving the penalty, which sort of kicked the crowd on. And then the late goals, two late goals from, I mean, it was out of nowhere and late left it late. But that sort of elation and from all accounts, you know, locally, the ground was as loud as it's been for a long, long time. And I think it's finally, we're finally moving, feeling comfortable moving past the last couple of seasons where everyone's kind of been negative. It's been really difficult to watch Everton play week in, week out, much less, you know, just watching on TV, much less going think, to the I games. I think he Pickford as well after the World Cup. I think he brought a bit of confidence to the club. I was, I was so happy with him in the World Cup. We love Pickford in that house. I think he's a he's a great goalie. And like he, he's saving penalties. So, so can even the Reds in the city agree that Pickford is a fantastic? Can't agree keeper. when he's saving saving goals at England, can he? <laughs> it's funny right. though, because like that's like an attitude I feel like, you know, being an outsider where it's harder for England fans to root for the national team because of all the club allegiances within yeah, that team. Yeah, I, I sometimes think, how are we so? How can you get a team who's so good in the um, Premier League and and all these players are coming from the top leagues in the world, but they've got no chemistry as a team? And I, I often wonder, is that because of the rivalry that they've got in the in the league? I don't know, because we never seem to gel as as a team as England. But maybe there was there was there was no pressure going into the last World Cup, so maybe. Maybe that there's so much rivalry in the Premier League that we don't that we don't gel as a team. But I think uh, we do get behind the England team <laughs> when we're doing well. You know, up until the quarterfinals, no one cared. People were too um, too worried about getting <laughs> getting the ropes up once again. And then um, the, the quarterfinals coming, and everyone started getting on board. 
we'll pick for was one of the stars, really. And it's it proud, it proud as a blue to, for him. And it's weird, isn't it, to have a goalie that you think think that of? You know, it was like a um, sort of man of the match. He, have a goalie like that. Great. We, we've just got a That's new true. goalie, though, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. I was a worry after the World Cup that we were going to lose <laughs> Pickford, but maybe, I don't know. But, but uh, how come do you think we've got a new goalie? If... Well, he's young. He's like, I think he's 20. He's he's like a future a future prospect uh, that we picked up from Arsenal. Um, so I don't think I don't think there's really anyone in our squad that's going to threaten Pickford anytime soon. And we've also just recently locked him down on a new six year deal, which is you know tremendous for the future of the club as we look to build under this new regime. Um, to have England's number one is kind of you know the first name on the on the team sheet is something to really. You know, take yeah. pride in my, and my, um, my lad, my little boy, he's a goalie. He, on the weekends, he plays in goal. And after the World Cup, we <laughs> sweating that we were going to lose. <laughs> it's to the, to the point where yeah, I was saying, Sean, come on, you've got to stop obsessing over this Pickford leaving. <laughs> well, see, Jordan, like, he stated, like, explicitly that he attributes his, like, being able to. St- you know, get his chance in the squad and started the World Cup to to moving to Everton. Even though the team had its struggles, you know, he has explicitly stated that it's because he came to Everton. I think that he, I think he's going to be here for a good while. I really do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and hopefully, you know, he stops everything on, on Sunday as we, you know, kind of pivot back to talking about the game. Um, yeah. Another player who's relatively new, and I'm not sure if you've, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to watch, but Andre Gomez from Barcelona, uh, midfielder, comes in for his first appearance last uh, Sunday, and really looked like I think, I don't know if this is the best way to put it, but I think he looked like the kind of player that we all hope Tom Davies will, will become, where he can link up with the midfield and really be that presence on the ball, looking to pass, looking to get the ball forward, uh, engage, you know, defenders. He showed a little bit of pace, some acceleration, really strong on the ball, and his technical qualities um, really offer something different than anything else that we have in the midfield right now. I haven't seen much of him. I haven't seen much of him. I haven't seen much of him. But, yeah. um, like you said about Davies, I do think that um, also you should bring these two I think um, they've got a lot to offer the club, especially at heart, because they are local lads. And I think that does um, come in handy a lot of the time. You know, a, fighter who's get, uh, a player who's getting paid a lot of money, and then there's a player who's, who's art, he's wearing, he's wearing his art on the sleeve. And, and um, I think football clubs do need that still. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, I, I personally have a Tom Davies kit that I wear every weekend. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, because because of the fact that, you know, he's local. You can tell that he's very passionate. He's extremely talented. Um, and, you know, he you can tell that he just has a good attitude. And that's one of my big, that's one of my big pet peeves with, with, with players in, in any type of sport um, is, is having a good attitude and like that fighting spirit. So it was, it was also cool, you know, bringing that back to hear you talk about, you know, your fight and how uh, and how you wanted to bounce back, and it was it was like the biggest lesson you learned 
because you know that's that's like one of the most important things, right? To be successful. Of course, like 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 in the derby match day, I, I would choose Tom Davies above a player who's technically better because he he's going there. He, he, he if there was a if there was a line, a, a team of players asking getting asked you who wants to play, who wants to play, he'd have his arm up because it's the derby and it means a lot of people. And it, it's just it's just a big massive thing. And I sometimes wonder if. If we're losing that, you know, because of the money that's getting pumped into the club, the foreign players, the grassroots arm is, is stronger. And like to Davies, I really appreciate these players still when it comes to days like I know it's only twice a year, but like to Zabi, it's massive. So have someone like him in, in, in the team. Yeah, I agree. I really want to see a, a, a decent result in in one of the uh, matches against it's Liverpool. Early this December, season. isn't it? I think I'll be on for that. Hopefully, you can get to it on there. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh man, are hopefully, you gonna go? Yeah, hopefully, be nice to take my boy. It's hard. It is hard. If you don't want to see the ticket, it's hard to get. It's hard to get tickets for the dab. Yeah, I bet. So yeah, I can only imagine. I guess to wrap it up, let's take score predictions for the weekend, right? So I'm gonna be optimistic, and I'm gonna say Everton two to one at Old Trafford, first win. Since April 2015. All right, uh, I'll follow that. I'm going to say, don't be that I guy. Mean, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go three one. I'm going to go three one Everton. Oh I man, think. now now you're now you're shooting for this guy. I don't know, I'm, man. I'm not, not going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say we're still going to win soon. Though, but that's how that's how confident I feel. There we. Go. There you go. I okay. like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. Maybe we should keep you around then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Good. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's why you're the professional fighter, right? I'm, Someone's got to be the first coach we've had on the show. Right. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've got one question for you, lad. Who's got the answer? All right. <laughs> that's funny. All right. I mean, well, by James' prediction, probably him. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's hard to say, you know, it's 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 funny because that's like the the eternal question. I told you beforehand, I thought I think Bill Kenwright's got his stash yeah. under his mattress for a rainy day. But I know you uh you floated out a, a hypothetical on your Instagram. Yeah. So I mean yeah. it's very it's possible he's you know got yeah. Tyus Browning holding on Definitely. to it. Uh it's possible, yeah. You know, oh, totally believe boxer. But no one's ever questioned Arteta, and that's what I've been thinking about last night, and not just last night, every every single night since he left. Where is the Arteta money? But he, <laughs> Arteta could actually have the Arteta money. It's it's not. It wouldn't be too crazy if he did. No, yeah, that's maybe, true. Maybe that's why he still speaks so highly <laughs> of Everton. Yeah, yeah, he's happy for that payoff. <laughs> All right, Jezza, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, really like genuinely it's been awesome uh great conversation and uh maybe have you on well, sometime again in the future if you're interested Thank you for me. also keep us updated on the big fight and get yes. the, uh, <laughs> peanut will, butter pretzels thank you very much yeah. thanks so much for tuning into the american talkie podcast it is available on all major platforms please make sure you rate review and subscribe that would help us out a ton and follow us on Twitter as well at USA Toffee Pod. Until next time, come on, you blues.